This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Brought to you by Betway.com. Betway for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. My partner is Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach with the Memphis Grizzlies, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Atlanta Hawks, now color analyst with the Cavaliers and the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Cavaliers sitting in fourth place in the Eastern Conference right now, Mike. They are 48-29. and 29. Last game, they had a loss against the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. Road game, two of your former teams in an atmosphere that was and had that playoff intensity. Cavs didn't pull it out. thing that sticks out to me in that game is – it's the kind of game I think that is going to either sink you or get you deeper into the playoffs because your starting guards combine for 55 shots between Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. That's a lot of shots, but that might be the way they have to win in the postseason. Well, let's face it. Uh, you're going to get a lot of scoring out of that backcourt on nights that they're making shots because they control the basketball, what, 90% of the game between the two of them. And the big men understand if they're open, they'll get the ball or they have to work hard to get offensive rebounds or they have to work hard to run the floor to be the recipient at the end of a fast break transition pass. Uh, But when you have two all-star guards playing on your team, you would expect to get a lot of points out of them. Yes, they were shorthanded in that loss. They did an outstanding job of taking Trey Young out of the game. I'm sure they weren't counting on Murray to have the kind of game he had. At the same time, two guys coming off the bench uh, for the Hawks gave them big points, Bogdanovich. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name, but it starts with an O. Okay. Kongwa? Yes. (laughs) And, you know, I I was trying to think of the last time I can remember a player off the bench getting – 12 or 13 free throw opportunities. And I had to scratch my head a little bit last night on that. He was given the ultimate respect for a bench player that he went to the line that many times when the Cavs did not shoot one free throw in the first quarter. But anyhow, that's that's another story. And the other thing that I was curious about is today, I believe for the first time since we've been doing these, you did a reverse order on me of my teams. You started with Memphis, went to Cleveland, and then back to the Hawks. Instead I, of I've done that you before. Always do it the other way. <laughs> I, I think I've done that once before. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I figured we'd start with the most recent this time and work our way back. You know, there are not many guys who can say he's been a successful head coach with three different NBA teams. So okay, now we've gotten through all that. What was your question again? <laughs> By the way, Okongwu was 11 of 12. He took advantage of those free throws, Mike. So we did. He a nice certainly job. did. The whole team shot the thing pretty well. It, it, it's kind of this more than anything. On, on one hand, you, you just said it perfectly. You, you need Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland to score points if you're going to do something. But I, I just, you look at that box score, you watch the game, and it's like 55 shots. That's a lot of shots. And I think it's either going to, as stupid as this sounds, that's either going to be, yep, that's the winning formula, or, oh, it, it's too dominant from two guards. 
And I'm curious to see which way that's going to go. Don't you think some nights, Jeff, that the matchups are going to dictate who gets the most shots? Sure. You know, if another team's backcourt's not the greatest backcourt defensively and you have two all-star guards, you probably take advantage of that. If Allen was back and if Mobley was playing his power forward position in that game uh, and there was a mismatch there, would you try and take advantage of Mobley a little bit more? Those kinds of things. I don't think us seeing 55 shots every night from the Cavs' backcourt is is the right formula for success. It's the blending of their shots being good shots mixed in with what the front court can produce. But some nights it happens that way. Both guards have it going. Both guards are taking advantage of their opponent and and in their minds feel like they're doing a pretty good job. And I guess in the coach's mind, you see points going on the board. We struggled a little bit. Uh, for one stretch with our defense, gave up more points than we're used to giving up. We did some good things, like I mentioned, holding Trey Young, uh, but shorthanded, minus guys who were major, normally contributors to the winning cause, uh, they went down. They always worried about maybe over-celebrating and that they were too happy Mm -hmm. with getting into the playoffs, but they went down and competed, and Atlanta needed that game. That was a huge game for them to lose by two points and have an opportunity to get the last shot at the basket down only one. You move on from there. You try and play just as hard, play a little bit better, make more free throws than you made, and get the next one. And if you get the next one, you've accomplished a whole lot because that's a two-game swing and that's all they need versus the New York Knicks to clinch home court in the first round. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's coming up on Friday. One more thought on the game against the Hawks. Mike, I don't know if you could ask for anything more out of Evan Mobley and the way he's been coming along. And that game against Atlanta, I think kind of really, there it is in a, in a, in a postcard. 20 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists. And he did all that taking only 13 shots. He was 10 of 13 from the field in that game. He has really taken some steps. Where do you think he's improved the most, Mike, as this season's gone on? And I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, did he not have four block shots in there also? He also had four block shots and went to the free throw line only twice. So his, his points, 10 of 13 from the field. Yeah, and it's not like he was shooting 26-foot uh, jump shots all night. So to not get a foul shot, sticking your nose in there, again, I keep scratching my head. But I, I, I think one of the biggest areas for me is watching him try to be more assertive right now that – comfortable to the point that it may have taken a half a season or three quarters of a season for him to realize that I can do this. I can do it night in and night out against the best players in the league. And it doesn't matter if he's at the power forward spot or he moves over to the center position. He seems just as confident now in doing it. So that's a huge step from the 
Mobley that I saw come back in the beginning of this season that I thought was a little bit standoffish. It could have been that showing respect for Donovan Mitchell coming in, understanding that Darius had made the all-star team a year ago and him not wanting anybody. You say, well, he's trying to upset the apple cart, taking too many shots. He got guards. Part of it could have been that he wanted to wait and see where do I fit in here? How much should I assert myself on given nights? And now he's down the road, almost a whole season, regular season. And he's liking what he, what he feels. And he's been so good, so productive, as you mentioned. You talked about Friday just briefly. Cavs, New York Knicks. Cavs win it, Mike. The mathematics tell us that they beat out the Knicks and everybody else for home court. So that kind of takes you to looking up at number three. And right now, the Cavaliers are two games behind the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if you've ever gone to a website called Tankathon, where you can hit over and over and over again to see who's going to end up with the number one pick in the draft, which used to be a big thing in Cleveland. Not anymore, but that was a lot of fun. Tankathon says the Cavs have the second easiest remaining schedule the rest of the way, and they play the Knicks, Pacers, at Orlando twice, and then the Hornets. And the 76ers, according to Tankathon, have a difficult schedule, the third most difficult remaining schedule, and they play Dallas, Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Atlanta, and Brooklyn. So the Sixers have a pretty tough way to go. Cavs schedule much easier. At this point, third, fourth, does it matter one way or the other, Mike? It would affect your second-round opponent if you're fortunate enough to get in, and, of course, your first-round opponent. But does it does it matter? To some teams, it does. Okay. Some teams see certain matchups as being better for them to the point that teams have dropped down a position just to get a matchup that they want or they feel they would do best with. So understanding that Philadelphia has dealt with uh, the workload monitoring uh, monitoring, uh, and have sat key guys down before if the schedule, as you mentioned, is that difficult and – fan calling in already yeah i apologize for that we appreciate it Thank they heard the podcast they love just loving what you're saying um you could see a team like philly slide back down one spot go to four and if cleveland can win their games get to three but let, let me mention a couple of those teams that you said were on cleveland's schedule did you say orlando twice coming up Yep, both in Orlando, Mike. It's one of those back-to-back things where you play two in a row in the same And they have been a nightmare for teams that are trying to do something with the playoff positioning. They have played their best basketball over the last 45, 48 games of the season. I mean, they're they're either 500, a game above, or two games above 500 in those 40-something games. They're playing outstanding basketball. Then Charlotte, for some unknown reason, I heard somebody mention that in their last game, last win, you could not name three of the starters for their team because they had so many guys out and they started a lineup that was so unusual, you wouldn't recognize their name. So not having their box score in front of me, but Charlotte has won. How about they beat Dallas twice in a row, okay, without – any of the main guys, all these guys that are out for them and losing ball for the rest of the season, all of that going on. 
and all of a sudden Charlotte pops up. I think they may have won three in a row. Or they four have. In a row. Yeah, okay. they've won there three games in a row. So that's that's us that has to play against them, the Cavaliers. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps, former NBA head coach Mike Fratello. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Cavaliers sitting fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. If they finish third, changes the opponent, perhaps. So we're most likely looking at the Knicks if the Cavaliers finish fourth, and then perhaps the Nets or the Miami Heat if they finish third. You never know. The Nets could get hot. The Heat could get hot. They could pass up the Knicks. We'll see. But let's take a look at the three possible opponents for the Cavaliers in the first round of the playoffs. The New York Knicks with Tom Thibodeau have been, Mike, I think, a better team maybe than they've been given credit for. And they're one of those teams, especially since Josh Hart arrived, that has been peaking at the right time. Uh, an interesting thing for them, they're 21 and 17 at home. They're better on the road, 22 and 16. I would think that would bode well for them because Madison Square Garden is a tough place to play regardless. And if they're pretty good on the road on top of that and playing good ball, they're 15 and 7 in the last 22. I would think they're a tough matchup for anybody, in, in in this case, the Cavaliers. They are. You know they're going to be prepared. You know they're going to defend. And you know that they have a couple guys who can put big numbers up there, one of them being Julius Randle, who has had a, a really fantastic season for the Knicks. 25.4 points and 10 rebounds a game. There you go. And then one of the top two or three pickups in the offseason in Jalen Brunson next to Donovan Mitchell. You, who else do you like? I'm not, I don't know. Do we count Durant going to Phoenix at, at that part of the season? But, you know, if you're going back and you're starting from back in the beginning of the year in the offseason uh, to wind up with Jalen Brunson, just like the Cavs wound up with Donovan Mitchell, what a tremendous move by the Knicks front office. Then, as you mentioned, you add Hart to that group. Julius Randle, Brunson, Hart. Is it quickly that's been coming off the bench for them and doing such a terrific job in the backcourt? Quickly, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're a good team, and um, Toppin is starting to play like an NBA player, doing the things that he's capable of doing. Uh, some of the support guys that have really matured and grown and developed here. So you, you worry about the Knicks. Who's a, who's the next one we might have to play? Brooklyn Nets. And oh. that's such a, it's such a unique story, Mike, because I, I can't even recall a time when a team has had such changes. Head coach, obviously, Steve Nash. Kevin Durant, no. Kyrie Irving, no. And yet they're sitting right now they're five games over 500 and they've lost six of their last seven as we speak right now. But this team was rebuilt during the season with trades. Mikael Bridges has come in. He's averaged over 26 points a game for the Nets in 20 games. Spencer Dinwiddie, who I've always liked. I, I think he's a terrific guard over 17 points a game in his 20 games. And Cam Johnson has come in from Phoenix as well. They're interesting, but they haven't played a whole lot together. And that might be a major hindrance in the playoffs. No. Think about what they had at one time. And you can go back to Kevin Durant and Paul Pierce and that group. They've tried, they've tried, they've tried to bring an instant championship into Brooklyn. And it just hasn't worked out. 
So you wind up getting rid of Kyrie Irving, getting rid of Kevin Durant, and now you're perhaps a better team with a brighter future if you look at the total package right now for Brooklyn yeah. than they had been after giving away so many picks and you know what they had to deal with and the controversies and you know Ben Simmons and my goodness, whoever the head coach was at the time, what headaches he had to deal with the entire time. And now Jock Vaughn is going through it, praised early on for how he handled everyone. Now, as you mentioned, they've lost six of seven. Uh, but they're a very interesting group uh, to try to match up with them. They've got explosive scores. They've got a couple of veterans in key spots there that, you know, Harris making shots. If you mentioned Dinwiddie is a guy who can put 30 on the board for you. They discovered a youngster on their roster who comes into play and scores 40 or more points, three straight games. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's, it's an interesting group. Okay. I don't know if they're seasoned enough, if they've had enough time together, but it certainly is a dangerous. Remember, they've got the number one field goal percentage guy at that center position. And he's either one or two in shot blocks in the NBA. Nick Claxton. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to worry about them. Who else? Give me another one. Uh, here's the one, Mike. I And Cam Johnson was the young guy that you mentioned who came in a little up. And he's not even playing a whole lot now. So, they they have they have some weapons there. I just wonder about the Nets being able to put it together in a playoff situation. I think they'll be, they'll be fascinating to watch. The team that... I don't care who you are in the East that I don't want to see is the Miami heat. And Eric Spolster, I think is one of the best coaches in the NBA. They're only four games over 500 and they've kind of been going back and forth a little bit. And I, I don't think they've quite hit their stride. However, you've got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Tyler hero all averaging over 20 points a game. And then you've got the older vets sitting there who, you know, can play. Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, and our our guy Kevin Love. I, I just think with that coaching, those players who are averaging over 20 and the vets who have been there and have done that, and I, I would not want to play the Heat if I'm the Cavaliers or anybody else in the first round. I heard a long discussion today about the Heat and about that topic. What What is their record at home? Miami, do you happen to have their home record up there? Because while you're looking that up. I will in just a second. Um, the discussion that I heard the people having uh, on NBA radio today about the heat is that think about three, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to be the guys on the radio today. Think about having three players like Jimmy Butler, Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and they're only, would you say five games above 500 right they're now? Four games. They're 40 and 36 at the, at home. They're 25 and 14. Okay. Um, so, it's a team that normally, when you go into Miami, most teams have problems going in there. It's something about that climate down there, Jeff, when you come in, particularly if you come in <laughs> two nights ahead of time, that climate really can affect you down the, the there. The humidity really gets to people, doesn't it? It does. It does. It carries over <laughs> onto the court, too. So, uh, you know, they've been a mystery all year. They've had a lot of injuries, guys missing. Lowry hasn't been healthy, the, you know, the whole time. Right. Uh, Kevin joining him, uh, obviously, after the buyout situation. I, I, I still think that, and you, you said it, you know, Eric Spolster, one of the best coaches in the NBA. 
I th still think Spolster is trying to figure this out, how I'm going to best use these pieces that I have. But Miami's dangerous because you have to play in Miami at least two of the games. And I don't know if you said to me which one of those three teams, yeah. Brooklyn, Miami, uh, or, or um, the New York, would I yeah. rather play? If I had to pick one, I'd probably say Brooklyn. And that would be, you know what they say, watch watch what you ask for. So I was just going to use that line on you, Mike, because okay. you could you could make an argument that any one of those teams would be a nightmare for somebody. And in this case, we're looking at the Cavaliers in the first round. Kevin Love has been in Miami 16 games as we speak, all starts. He's averaging 21 minutes a game. And the Heat told him, Mike, you're going to start for us. And they weren't going to play him into the ground. They haven't, 21 minutes. His contributions, I think, have been not spectacular, but very solid. 7.3 points, 5.9 rebounds. His shooting's been okay. He's like a little under 40% from the field and 30% on threes. But he adds another piece that you know Kevin Spolstra can get the most out of and, and fill the definite need for the Miami Heat in their starting lineup. They needed a four like crazy. Listen, all Kevin Love has to do is get on one of his rolls where he feels his stroke, his legs are under him, and he's one of those guys that he, once he gets going, he could continue throughout a series, okay, and, and be a big part in helping someone win a series. He's going to rebound for you, stick your nose in there, you know, step up and take a charge if somebody's coming down the lane. And – you know, outside of being 25 years old once again, he's a veteran guy who has a championship next to his name. So Kyle Lowry, championship next to his name. Yeah. Two guys that have won NBA championships. So they're dangerous. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. My partner is Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach with the Atlanta Hawks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Memphis Grizzlies, now working with the Cavaliers and the Los Angeles Clippers television crew. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92 Through the Fan in Cleveland. We're, your work with the Clippers, Mike, has given you a great look at the Western Conference all season long. It's a mess right now. As we speak, I, and I, I love this, fourth place, Phoenix. They're 11 games out of first place. The 11th seed is Dallas. They're only 14 and a half games out of first place. So that's eight teams within three and a half games of each other between fourth place and 11th place right now in the Western Conference. So as we tick down here to the end of the regular season, that's going to change significantly. And teams are, might jump up out of the play-in tournament, might jump out, might fall out completely. I can't recall the last time something's been this competitive in the NBA, Mike. I think it's been fascinating. Uh, the Clippers at the end will have no one Okay, to blame but themselves for a couple games that they gave away. Uh, but this seems to have happened to not just the Clippers. You know, if you look at how many games Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have played for them, the fact that they're up at 40 wins is pretty astounding. Yes. Uh, because those two guys combined have missed a ton of games, whether it be because of an injury, Paul George being out right now, and they're saying he'll be re-evaluated right at the end of the regular season, but he could be done for the, you know, for this season sure. as, as far as, you know, if that knee 
does not respond to treatment that they're giving him. What happened was, you know, on a rebound, a player from the opposing team, Dort, landed into his side of his knee. You saw the knee buckle, gave way. There was no structural damage to the ligament, the ACL they were worried about. There was no structural damage there. But that area just above, kind of like where your kneecap is, a little bit above that, that's all what had swelled up on him afterwards, and that's what they're treating him for. You know, Kawhi Leonard has had you know no back-to-back restrictions on him, early minute restrictions before they got past that with him. And then other injuries, uh, uh, a guy who they brought in, Norm Powell, had played terrific for them. Powell hasn't played now, supposedly may come back either tonight against Memphis or in their next game because they play Memphis back-to-back in Memphis. Uh, one of those two games, Powell's supposed to respond. But you know, this team could have easily been in the, the third position, fourth position, but because of give a game away here, give a game away there, down the stretch here, they've had big games against Orlando. They lost. Big games against New Orleans that they lost. Uh, and you you can't do that if you want to be a home court advantage team. So right now, still left on their schedule, they have to play two at Memphis, one at New Orleans, and the last game of the season at Phoenix. That's four away games that are all critical games to how the Clippers turn out. Who else on the Western Conference? Well, I think it's been – it's been great for the Denver Nuggets. We we both really think highly of Michael Malone. They've been the team on top, seems all season long. And then there's been Memphis and Sacramento at two and three. And Mike, they haven't gone away. And you look at it, and it, it, they've separated significantly from everybody else. So it's Denver, Memphis, Sacramento. But I, I look at the standings, and every time I do, I think, well, are those guys actually the favorites in the Western Conference? They've been the best in, during the regular season. But I keep thinking of Phoenix and their very nice team. And then adding Kevin Durant, who they've not had a chance to really get going. He's getting going now. There's Golden State, who some nights looks phenomenal and other nights not so hot. And we all know with you know with their history and their experience, they're capable of winning the whole thing. And I think the Clippers, too, if Paul George could get healthy. And, and who knows who else out there. But do you think Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento are the, are the teams to beat? Or is it... Are they just there in the regular season? And who knows what happens in the playoffs? I think in the East, Mike, I I think it's safe to say Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia are the top three teams, and they're the top three teams in the standings right now. Without question, yes, yes. And I I think just like you said, the three teams that are at the top in the West, uh, it's a result of the regular season, uh, the games that they've won, uh, Mike Brown going into Sacramento taking – look, they've had a bunch of talented players. It just – never was put together the right way. And Mike Brown going in there with his experience, coming now most recently off the Golden State bench where they've won championships, and Mike Brown you know, can, can fall back on that and his experience sitting alongside of Steve Kerr. Uh, Mike Brown has done almost everything right and, and should be one of the leading candidates for Coach of the Year up think. in Sacramento this year. Uh, but um, – Mike Malone from the beginning has had Denver playing the, the best basketball. They went through a recent tough stretch there, uh, but tough to stay on top when everybody's shooting for you night in and night out. But I think Denver is, is legit and for real. The guys I'd be worrying about 
Memphis, I think, is legit and for real because when John Morant was away for that eight or nine game period, they still won more than their share of games. They played great, yeah. They did. They were eight and two or seven and three uh, during a 10 game stretch here without Ja. Ja just missed the last game, then Memphis won once again. So I worry about Memphis because they're for real. Golden State is really good. I mean, if Wiggins gets back there and has any chance to get back in some kind of shape. And, you know, he's been missing because of personal, a personal situation, you know, with his family. And the team and, has supported and, him like crazy on that. And, and they should, because he, he wants to be there for his family as, as he should. So yes, it's taken away from them, but you remember he gives them defense, gave them 18 points a game. I think it was in the playoffs last year. Um, I wouldn't want to play Golden State if I was in the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Phoenix is getting Kevin Durant back tonight, I believe, is is going to be his first night back for Phoenix. So anytime you have a Durant, a Booker, a Chris Paul, uh, Aiton as the big man up front, they're a dangerous team. The West is – it is the wild, wild West right now. Oh, by the way, there's a team that plays in the same building yeah, with the here Clippers. You go. Here you and go. And got a guy – whose name is the King and the King is back and they're just playing their best basketball. Now they made a couple pickups at the last minute that have all proven to be terrific pickups for them. And how about Reeves in the backcourt? He has been sensational. Austin for Reeves, them. He, he can shoot. And they're now sitting ninth, Mike. Um, you can't, you can't count them out. And that's why when I, and I look at the West, boy, some of these first-round playoff series, Denver, uh, Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, they're all going to get challenged. And it's it's going to be really, really good. And I, if Paul George is able to go, and I, I think the Clippers have a great chance. I, I know you're watching them on a near-nightly basis. I think they have a great chance if Paul George is able to come back. Paul George comes back, they have as deep a roster as anybody in the league. I mean, they can they can put guys seriously. The first 10, no-brainer. If they're if they're totally healthy, that means Paul George is back, Norm Powell's back. I mean, your second unit, forget the starters, okay? You know, the, the starters, um, Zubox at the center position, Paul George on a wing. Kawhi on a wing, then the backcourt of, depending on which way they go with that starting backcourt, uh, they've been using Eric Gordon recently, Russell Westbrook, okay, as a starter. Now you go to the second unit. If Gordon's not starting, then he's on the second unit. Terrence Mann's on the second unit. Uh, your backup is Plumley on the second unit. Powell on the second unit. You could have Covington on the second unit. I mean, Look out. I, I, and I'm leaving somebody. Oh, excuse me. I just forgot. Left out Nick Batum. Okay. So Covington's not even in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Covington's like 11. And 12 is a mere coffee. That's how deep that roster is. It got to be healthy. Well, if I can give you a suggestion, get as much sleep as possible. Because I know you'll be traveling the country. You'll be up late watching basketball and gearing up for the playoffs. So I know I can't wait. I know you can't. Nice, Big game nice talking tonight. to you today, sir. Thank you, Jeff. Tonight, 
tonight, Wednesday night, is a huge night for basketball games. You watch that schedule tonight and look at the outcomes tomorrow morning. If you can't stay up late, if you don't have the NBA package to be able to get all the games, watch the scores tomorrow morning because there are some interesting matchups tonight. He's Mike Fratello. I'm Jeff Phelps. This has been Basketball Gold. Thanks for listening. This has been Basketball Gold. Brought to you by Betway.com. Betway, for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER.